Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. All right, how's everybody doing? Yeah, yep, 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 that's all right, that's all right. You don't sound that enthusiastic, but that's all right. Here's my brother, Pastor Ricardo. Give it up for him. Show some enthusiasm. Pastor Ricardo, thank you for joining me for just a minute. I want to talk about a couple of the core values that are part of Renewed Church. One of our, well, we just had one of our core values just kind of exemplified, which is we pursue the next generation from, from, from birth to, to, to youth to, you know, graduation. We pursue the next generation. But another one of our core values is that we give irrationally. And another one of our core values is we love our city. And uh, so we're going to kind of live that out a little bit. Tell us how we're living that out this coming week with uh, Thanksgiving. All right. Before I get into that, um, I want to share with you that we serve a big God. Amen. So um, they said that there was a shortage of turkeys. And I was kind of like, well, I don't know if I believe that, right? Because we do serve a big God. Amen. And so um, we joined this year with Evelyn and Gustavo. And so they went out to a couple of supermarkets and they came back to me saying, hey, Rick, Pastor Rick, there's no turkeys. I'm like, come on, man, really? They're like, yeah, there's no turkeys at all. I'm like, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? And then Misty's like, I want you to go to Walmart. See, they have a whole bunch. So I go to, I go to Walmart and talk to the produce manager and I asked her, listen, I need... I need some turkeys. They're like, can I get turkeys? I mean, any amount? She's like, yeah, you can get as many as you want. I'm like, whoa, Lord, thank you, Jesus. And then she said, but we don't have any. (laughs) So my head was down, and I was kind of walking out. She says, wait a minute, but give me your number, and I'll call you as soon as we get turkeys. I'm like, oh, great. But then within seconds, she says, Anthony, come over here and help this gentleman out. So I go with him. Text me to the back. He goes, wait for a second. And he checks, comes back and says, hey, we have a pallet of 50 turkeys. Awesome. I'm like, what? You know that was a God thing, yeah, right? praise God. Amen. That was. Yeah, give it up. Yeah, give it up for God. Amen. Amen. So this Sunday, we're going to give out 100 turkeys to the community. Wow. That's exciting. Yes. And so 50 of those turkeys, we're going to go on to the Redlands, and we're going to give 50 turkeys. We're going to give side dishes. We got rice for them. We got beans for them. Um, man, it's going to be great. And then 50 of those turkeys will stay here at Renew Church. And so what we want you to do is invite someone that needs a turkey and a $20 gift card. We want to bless them with that. Amen. Yes, yes. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. How can you help? Here's how we need you to help. We need $20 gift cards. Please, that's how you can help. Thank you so much for allowing me this time. Amen, amen. Come on, give it up to Pastor Ricardo. So every year we try to do different things like that, Thanksgiving baskets, backpacks for back to school, different, different events at different times of the year to be able to be a blessing to our community. And it's because of your faithfulness in giving 
that we're able to do that. So uh, super, super excited about what God's going to do next week. And uh, if you know somebody, um, Pastor Ricardo's phone number is on the worship guide there, and you can fill that out and um, let, let him know if you uh, have any questions about that. So, hey, welcome again to our, our sermon uh, um, to our church, to Renew Church, and then also to a sermon series that we're in. It's called Return to Sender. This is uh, the second week in a sermon series on stewardship. And I know we have a lot of guests in the room. We have a lot of people that are like, this is your first time. It's like, oh man, pastor, uh, like I said last week, pastor, don't talk about money when my friends come because they'll never come back. Well, guess what? That's just the way God set it up. So have an open heart, have an open mind for what God wants to say to your heart in this service. Can you do that? Can you just say, God, what are you saying? If this isn't your home church, if this isn't your, where you call church and you have a church home, then I'm not speaking specifically to you about giving to this church, but I do want to help you understand and, and teach you about the blessing of being in the boundary. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the message today. So why is it called Return to Sender? First of all, if you, if you notice, you see this little mailbox over here. Well, it's not little at all. It's, it's actually the size of a, you know, a, a big refrigerator. Um, it's a big refrigerator box, mailbox, but it, it has the, the same depiction, the same picture of what every um, mailbox looks like, right? It's got, um, it looks like a standard mailbox. It's got the flag. The flag, when it's down, it means that you're uh, receiving, and when it's up, it means you're sending, right? And that's the concept behind that. that. That's what happens. Here's what I want you to get from this and why we're using this as part of our sermon series. Because everything we have, everything that comes to us, it comes from God. He is the sender. But when you raise the flag, what you're doing is you're sending something back. You're, you're returning the sender. You're giving something back to God. You're, you're saying, God, I'm giving you a piece, a part of what it is that you've given to me. That's the concept. That's the idea of return to sender. I wonder how many of you have, have um, you know, one of those mailboxes like that. Maybe your mailbox doesn't feel that big, or maybe your mailbox is even bigger than that. Maybe your life is, has, has that many things coming through it, but how big is your flag? How big is the flag that, that's sending out? Is it as big as this one right here, or is it a little bit more like this one right here? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I, I get a lot. I get a, a, a mailbox that's this big. I have all kinds of blessings and provisions, but God, here's what I'm actually wanting to give to you. It's just, just this little bit back to you. Does that make sense? And it's my hope, it's my prayer that in this series, in this message, that you understand what we're talking about as we talk about returning to sender what God has entrusted to us, giving a portion of what he has given to us. Last week, we talked about 1 Timothy chapter 6. Paul says, for the love of money... For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You guys have heard it sang about or rapped about or different things and they talk about money is the root of all evil. It's not true. It's the love of money that's the root of all kinds of evil. It's when you can fall in love with money and it, it becomes a god to you. It becomes uh, the thing that you worship more than anything else. You see, having money is not bad. Having money is not bad. It's when money has you. You know what I'm talking about? The guy that like you step on his shoes and he's like, hey, you want to fight? Like, why'd you step on my shoes? Money has that guy, right? I mean, you, he's washing his car more than he's washing his kids, right? Like it's money has you. You know what I'm talking about? That's what I'm saying. It's not bad to have money. It's when money has you. This, this, the, the key concept that I want you to get through this series 
is God owns, I steward. I want you to repeat this after me. God owns, I steward. God owns, I steward. That's the thing that I want you to get more than anything else. We want, I want you to, to learn how to put God first in everything that you do. I want, you to, I want to talk to you about being wise with God's money. And believe it or not, um, this is that, that time of year for me where I start um, getting a little bit more active. It's a little cooler out. The, it, it gets brighter earlier. So um, I like to, even though it may not look like it, I like to go for jogs. And, and um, I have COVID-9. I don't have COVID-19. I, I had COVID-19, and I'm not making light of it because we've all lost, I've lost family even to this. But you know what COVID-9 is? It's that nine pounds that you just can't seem to get rid of because of COVID and you're blaming COVID. I have this COVID-9 and I'm tired of it. And now that the weather's cooling down, it's getting brighter, I'm, I'm committed to try to get my, like, my mileage up, my, my exercise up, my running a little bit further, a little bit longer, a little bit faster. What's the goal, though? What's the goal for what I'm doing? Um, is, is the goal just to lose weight when you go for a jog? Is it to live longer? Is it, is it to run a marathon? Um, I've done it for many different reasons. I, I've done it to, 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 to lose weight, to live longer, to run a marathon, never to try to win a marathon, but some people go for runs to win a marathon, or maybe it's you go for a jog or you go for a run to win a gold medal, because there are some people in the world that they literally run to win medals. They're called Olympians. You see, there's a difference between achieving a goal and just going for a jog. You know, some of us are just kind of going for a jog in life. And then there's others that are like literally straining towards the medal, going towards the prize. And we do things for different reasons. I want to tie this into and associate this with our money, our finances. Because in the same way that you can, you can train by running five miles a week and still snack on donuts, like that's, that's one way to do this. That, that's kind of like with your finances, kind of like handling a piggy bank. Or there's another way, which is five miles a week with like this gazelle intensity, like you're, you're pursuing it as if your life intends, uh, depends on it, and you have a plan to win. You're going for the gold. These, these are the two different things. It's the same distance, but it's a different purpose. It's a different intensity. And I want to talk to you about that even in your own life. Dave Ramsey, a financial like, uh, you know, money guy, does, does talk radio and different things. He talks about this idea of gazelle intensity and running like your life depends on it. Proverbs 22, verse 7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. How many of you knew the, the Word of God talks about money? The Word of God talks about money a lot. In fact, I told you last week like, that I, I think the parables of Jesus, over a third of the parables of Jesus relate to money. Why? Because Jesus got it. Jesus understood that money had a big grip on people's lives. In this proverb, the proverb of Solomon says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. So me personally, I'm a slave to First Savings Bank. Due to my lack of training, due to my lack of preparation, due to my, my need for, for, for uh, this, I'm a slave to First Savings Bank. I have to work 1.3 weeks a month to pay them my monthly mortgage so that my wife and my daughters have a roof over their head. If I don't, I'm on the street. And First Savings takes my house. The same thing can happen with your car, your credit card, the cable company, all of these things. It says, Solomon said this thousands of years ago, but it applies to us in 2022, that the borrower is slave to the lender. 
Today, I, I want to I take you to a parable of Jesus. This is one of those uh, parables that Jesus talks about money, and it's somewhat sometimes confusing, somewhat sometimes controversial, and, and I've read it this week probably 10 different times in multiple different translations. Finally, I said, you know what, I'm going to get Eugene's take on this. Eugene is a theologian. Eugene is a, 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 he knows the Bible inside and out. Um, he's actually a Bible interpreter, translator, and he translated the Bible into a paraphrase known as the message translation. His name is Eugene Peterson. He's not somebody I know personally, but I want you to hear the way Eugene takes this parable and makes it personal. Luke 16, starting at verse 1, Jesus said to his disciples, there was once a rich man who had a manager, and he got reports that the manager had been taking advantage of his position by running up huge personal expenses. So he called him in and he said, what's this I hear about you? You're fired and I want a complete audit of your books. Like he asked him a question, but then he didn't even give him a chance to answer. He's just like, what did I hear about you? You're fired. Get out. I want an audit of your books. The manager said to himself, what am I going to do? I've lost my job as manager. I'm not strong enough for a laboring job and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, I've got a plan. Here's what I'll do. Then when I'm turned out in the street, people will take me into their houses then he went at it, one after another. He called the people in who were in debt to his master, and he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? He replied, a hundred jugs of olive oil. The manager said, here, take your bill, sit down, quick, write 50. To the next, he said, and what do you owe? He answered, a hundred sacks of wheat. He said, quick, take your bill, write in 80. Now, here's a surprise. The master praised the crooked manager. And Why? Because he knew how to look after himself. It says streetwise people are smarter in this regard than law-abiding citizens. They are on constant alert, looking for angles, surviving by their wits. And Jesus says, I want you to be smart in the same way, but for what is right. Using every adversity to stimulate you to creative survival. To concentrate your attention on the bare essentials so you'll live really live and not complacently just get by on good behavior. So who are the characters in this story Jesus is telling? This parable is, a, is an analogy that Jesus uses. He's telling this story to try to make a point. This isn't a true story. This is a, a parable that Jesus uses because oftentimes when he spoke, he spoke in story. And he, he, the different people were the rich man, first of all, the man that was getting ripped off, the manager, the guy that was ripping him off, the rich man says, you're fired. So the manager turns around and says, I'm going to have a going out of business sale. I'm, gonna, I'm going out of business. My, my boss, my rich, the rich man is not going out of business, but I'm going out of business. So before I do this, I'm going to have a sale. And, and believe it or not, the rich man says to the manager, good job. Good job on that. Not because you ripped me off, but good job because hustlers are smarter than Christians oftentimes. That's the truth. They are always looking out. And Jesus says, I want you to be smart in the same way, but for what is right. I don't want you to be, be, be smart in the way that you're ripping people off, but I want you to be smart in the same way for what is right. In other words, look out for what is right. I titled my message this morning, Shrewd. Um, and, and part of the reason I did is because in the translation that I typically preach from, um, it talked about this, this idea, uses that word shrewd a couple of times in, in uh, the, the chapter 16. Shrewd means having or showing sharp powers 
of judgment. So here's, here's one of the things that I want you to get if you're taking notes. Number one, don't be a pushover. Don't be a pushover. Jesus said in, 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 in that verse, he said, I want you to be smart in the same way because oftentimes streetwise people are smarter than the law-abiding citizen or the law-abiding Christian. And the NIV uses this word shrewd in describing that manager. And I want you to take this as application for your life to stop being a pushover with what God has given you. Stop, stop just, you know, getting taken advantage of because you're a Christian, overpaying for everything. Some, some people would say I'm, I'm cheap. I, I would say I'm a steward and a little bit cheap, but maybe more I'm, I'm shrewd. You know, I'll give you an example. This last couple of months, probably my wife tells me it's three months, we've been looking for a couch. We've been trying to find a couch, and we've heard stories of how hard it is to get a couch, and you've got a special order, and, and all of this. And, and our last couch we owned since I graduated college, 2003. And uh, so it's about time for her to get a new couch, even though we love our couch. We, we've, it's like broken in. It's perfect. Like my girls and I have fought my wife for probably like the last three years, and finally we've started shopping for couches. The last three months, we, we started looking, and man, they are hard to find. They're hard to get. Now, they're not hard to get if you're just willing to go in and pay what they want you to pay, because they want you to pay, like, the price of a car, at least a, a, a used car, $10,000, and they don't blink at it. Like, no big deal, because it has, like, a little thing that kicks your feet up, and you can hold your soda, like, 10, 10 grand. And, and I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I mean, yes, I could if I wanted to pay $49 a month for 400 months or whatever that is, but I don't want to do that. I don't care if it's no interest. The other day, we uh, had my, my day off planned out. We were going to go to the barbecue restaurant up in Doral and enjoy the afternoon, and, and we were like, hey, let's pull into this, uh, this furniture store right here off of Bird Road by the Tropical Park. They got nice furniture. We've bought there before we still have some of that furniture haven't been there let's just go in there on the way and these like I said these sectionals are are crazy expensive I didn't have any expectation that we were going to get any furniture especially from that place we've been looking for months for for some this may not be a big deal but for for me like taking on another payment not doing it can't do it don't want to do it but um after uh walking in there and looking around for a few minutes um, we found in the back of the store, back in the corner, uh, a display, a, what do they call that, like a floor model, right, that had a price tag on it, like a quarter of the normal price, $9.99 uh, for what might have been a two or three or $4,000 couch, bigger than what we were looking for, but fit to our living room exactly the way it was. And my shrewd wife, if you think I'm cheap, you should meet my wife. She goes to the sales guy she goes to the sales guy, hey, can you come off of that price? I'm like, what? I'm like, like trying to pretend like I didn't hear her because I'm embarrassed. <laughs> but he does. She gets this couch from $9.99 to $8.99. And uh, instead of paying what might have been $3,000 or $50 a month for 400 months, we paid $900 and, and it's paid for, it's done. Does that make sense? That, that's, that's saying I want to be shrewd. I, I, want to be, I don't want to be a pushover with everything that I have. Amen. Matthew chapter 10 says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. 
Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. This is Jesus speaking. He's saying, be as shrewd as snakes, but as innocent as doves. Now, I want to clarify this because some of y'all are automatically like putting me in that, that category of cheap and a cheapskate. And again, I, I, I'm very cautious with the way we spend, but I'm not always like, you know, that way. This Friday, my day off, my wife and I, we go to dinner. We order water because we drink water when we eat. I don't know why. I find out that there's still happy hour on sushi that day, and, and, and I mean, that, at that time of the day. And I'm just looking for a deal. I'm not that hungry. So I just go with the sushi because that's what I wanted. It's on like a special. And I realize that in this restaurant, our waitress is a really, a, she's really attentive to our needs. I notice that she notices, like when my drink needs a refill, when, when I'm short of something. I notice that she notices every time, and she's not just preoccupied talking to her coworkers or doing anything else like that. She is, she's attentive, and I notice that she notices. I mean, there was one instance where she had just walked away, and I was like, oh, man, I forgot to ask her for that. And like she turns around, I'm like, sorry. And without a hesitation, without a complaint, she's right back to my table. What I'm saying is it's good service. But I also notice, I notice that she doesn't have very many tables. And so guess what? My, my cheap self, if you want to call it cheap, gets to give her a, a, like an 80% tip. Amen. You know what I'm saying? On, on, on that, that bill. Because I, I have that opportunity because I've been shrewd in other areas of my life. Because I've not been a pushover in other areas. I get to be a blessing in other areas. And that's what I think that we need to hear. I think that that's what we need to do in our life. We need to take advantage of opportunities when they afford themselves so we can take advantage of other opportunities when they afford themselves. The second thing I want you to get is stop letting your money tell you what to do. Stop letting your money tell you what to do. You know your money can tell you what to do, right? How often do we decide we are going to do something based on completely financial reasons? We have to do over time. We have to get the extra job. We can't make the additional investment. We have to choose between a vacation and the kids' dance class. All of these things, our money is telling us what to do. And if you don't get a grip on your money, if you don't get a grip on what you have, what God has entrusted to you, your money is going to tell you where to go and what to do. I know some of this has to, has to do with the state of the world we live in. I know some of this has to do with the price of eggs. I know that it has to do with uh, things that are going on in, in the economy. But some of it has to do with past decisions and the things that, that uh, have caused us to be where we are today. Whatever stage or age of life you're in, you might be a college student and they're just handing out grants. They're handing out student loans. They're, uh, they're, they're handing out, not, I'm not talking about the scholarships because you need to take those, but I'm talking about when they just say, hey, you can, you can get enough for this and living expenses and you can you know, go on a vacation with the extra money. Guess what? You're going to pay now or you're going to pay later. So you better figure it out. Be wise with your money. Don't be a pushover. Stop telling your money, uh, start, stop letting your money tell you what to do because in the end, or later on in life, it's going to affect you when you're ready to start a family. It's going to affect you when you want to buy a house. It's going to affect you at later places and points in your life. Dave Ramsey says, live like no one else so that someday you can live like no one else. Because everybody else, especially in Miami, we like to live in a way where we're really living in a, in a, in a means that's way beyond our means. So stop 
letting your money tell you what to do, and then finally start, start telling your money where to go. You earned it, so you should decide what to do with it. You, Misty and I have this app on our phone. It's called the Every Dollar app. It's called the Every Dollar app because every dollar is accounted for. Every dollar of the app is accounted for. The point of the app is, is that whether you have $100 a week or a million dollars a week, every dollar has a name and a place. Even when you don't know exactly what to do with it, like you still put this in like, uh, you know, a spending, like, you know, free, free money spending uh, budget where you can use it for something like that. We have to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to us. And that means taking what God has given us and multiplying it for his purposes. It's your decision. And every time you pull that card out of your pocket, you sign for another loan or you decide to pay cash while other people finance, you're telling your money where to go. Andy Stanley, uh, uh, a pastor and, and uh, author, says it like this, direction not intention will determine your destination. Direction, not intention, will determine your destination. In other words, um, it's not just I intended to do it. it. We can intend to do things all day long, but the direction that we set ourselves on, the course that we chart ourselves on, is the direction we're going to go. It's going gonna, it's gonna to decide our destination. In other words, being... Uh, just because they intended to have a, a long-lasting marriage, it's direction that helps them. The decisions that they're making during their marriage is going to decide whether their destiny is a long-lasting marriage. When she started college, she intended to earn a law degree, but then all these other things got in the way, and she, her intention was, was one thing, but her direction was a whole other thing. When he got to Peloton, he intended to lose weight and get in shape, now it's a $2,500 clothes hanger. These are those kind of things that happen. Direction, not intention, will determine your destination. I want to I wrap up this, this parable that Jesus says, because that wasn't the end of Jesus' parable. He starts with this whole story, and then he gives the application. And I want you to hear the application of what Jesus says about the story in, in Luke 16. Luke 16, verse 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. In other, way, or other words, the way you're handling small things is the same way you will handle large things. He says, so if you've not been hand, trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? This is a famous verse. It's not a popular verse, but it's a famous verse. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Man, I, I want you to get three things as it relates to this, this sermon I've titled Shrewd. I want you to be wise. I want you to be faithful, and I want you to be blessed. I, I want you to be wise with your money. I want you to, to, to make good decisions. Don't be a pushover. I want you to be faithful, because that's what Jesus was trying to apply when he was using this analogy of the, 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 the manager. But I also want you to be blessed. The last part of that verse says, you can't serve both God and money. 
and I, I've thought a little bit about this and I've taught a little bit on this in the past because I've seen it in my own life. I've lived it. I, I don't just preach it. I live it. Um, you see, God sets boundaries of his blessing according to his words, according to his word, the word of God. And you can't have the blessing unless you live in the boundaries. You, you just can't. I, I wish I could say it. I wish I could tell you that you could do whatever you want, live however you want, and experience the favor of God but the grace of God, but for the grace of God, we have and we experience all that we have. But the favor of God, the blessing of God, for those of you who don't, don't see on the stage right now, there's a little four foot by eight foot box that I, that I kind of taped out on the stage. And I'm trying to give you this analogy. On this, in this box is what I'm trying to describe as the blessing of God. Now, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about heaven and hell. But I am talking about favor or no favor. I'm talking about being inside the blessing of the boundary because God has blessed you and he's provided for you. And then I'm talking about where you're just kind of living your own way. You're being that, that, that wayward son or daughter. You're saying, I want to do it my way. And how is that working out for you? I want you to experience the blessing that's within this boundary. It's so like for these little babies that just got dedicated and moms and dads are going to tell them, do not touch the hot stove. And they might smack their hand so that they don't touch the hot stove. And the, ba the baby's like, ah, I don't want you to do that. But we want what's best for you. We want you to stay in the boundary because we know what's best for you and you don't know what's best for you sometimes. I want you to experience the blessing within the boundary. Here's some of those, those things that are within that. First of all, uh, I believe, I believe tithing is in the boundary of the blessing. Some of y'all are already checking out. Some of y'all are saying, ah, Old Testament. Well, don't, don't talk about New Testament then. You want to talk about New Testament? They sold everything, Acts chapter 2. And they gave everything to anyone as he had need because they had everything in common. So don't talk about that. Old Testament, or, or, or another one, somebody said law, that's law. Pastor, you're talking law. No, no, no. It precedes, it predates the law. The, the Abraham, Abraham came before Moses. Moses is the guy that brought the law down from the mountain. But guess what? Genesis 12, Abraham, guess who he's giving a tenth to? Melchizedek, the priest. So it predates the law. Don't call it the law. Now I'm saying it's scripture. It's not old or new. It's not uh, law or grace. It's blessing or it's not. That's all I can say. I, I'm, I, it's, not, it's not a heaven and hell thing. I'm not believing that if you don't do it, you're not going to inherit eternal life. But if you want the blessing of God in your life, Stay inside the boundary of the blessing. In the, bless, in the boundary, it's giving God what's his, it's tithing. Outside of the boundary is dropping a tip every once in a while and saying, God, can you bless this? Here's my 50 bucks. Here's my little red flag. Here's my little piece. Can you bless this even though you've given me this huge mailbox? The provision of my life. Inside the, the boundary is... Freedom. Outside of the boundary is debt. Inside the, the, the boundary is favor. Outside of the boundary is struggle. Inside the boundary is telling your money where to go. So you can bless a little waitress at the restaurant. Outside of the boundary is your money telling you if you can even go to the restaurant. 
inside of the boundary is the blessing snowball. We talk about this in our financial peace classes, and I haven't even talked to them about it if we're doing it this year, but normally in January we do a financial peace uh, uh, small group. And we talk about this debt snowball where you take all of your debts, if it's five credit cards and a mortgage and a card, you start with the smallest and you pay it off. And then once you take that and you pay it off, then you snowball and you, you take the income or the money you had for that and you put it on the next one. And you just build a snowball of debt until you get rid of all of it. It's called a debt snowball. But I believe inside of the boundary is once you get the debt paid off, then you get to, to be a part of the blessing snowball where you don't just get to give the girl a few dollars extra at the table, but you get to buy the girl a, a car because somehow God has blessed you to be able to provide beyond your means. What an amazing opportunity. It's called the blessing snowball. Inside the boundary is the blessing of God. Outside of the boundary, it's like, man, I can never get a break. Man, pastor, how come everybody around me seems like everything works for them. I never get a break. I'm, I'm telling you now, I'm just saying it to all of you all at one time, it's because you're outside the boundary. It's because you missed what it is that God can and will and wants to do in your life. And sometimes outside the boundary is more problems and relational problems and health problems and financial things, just everything that goes with it. Luke 16, he says, Jesus says, it's because you can't be trusted. If you can't be trusted with a little, you can't be trusted with much. Somebody's thinking to themselves, when, when, when God does bless me, that's when I'm going to give. When I start making this figure, that's when I'm going to give, and it will not work like that. If you can't trust God at this level with this bit, how are you going to trust him when you're at this level? It's still going to be down here. It's still going to be right around here. God wants to use you. God want, doesn't just want to get it to you. He doesn't want just the blessing of God to come to you. This isn't a prosperity gospel sermon. This isn't a sermon that says, man, if you'll just sow this much, and I believe in sow and reap. I'm not making light of it, but sometimes the TV preachers will use this analogy, if you'll just sow in this amount, I feel like God's telling me you sow this and you're going to get this. No, that's not me at all. I don't believe in prosperity gospel, but here's what I'm trying to say. Uh, God doesn't just want to get it to you. He wants to get it through you. Does that make sense? Like, in other words, you're not just a... a, a a pond. You're not just a salty deposit. You're not just where, where everything comes to die. You're not just a, a, a saltwater pond. You're a river of life. Amen? So either you can be a river or a reservoir. But let me tell you, in the river, man, it's all kinds of life. All kinds of provision, all kinds of blessing, so many good things that come through this blessing of God. It's my heart, it's my hope, it's my prayer in this series. Series that I don't take lightly, I don't make it, I know where people are, I know how hard it is to live in Miami, I know how expensive it is to live in Miami, I know what, what costs are. But to preach a message, if I held it back, if I held you from it, man, I feel like I'm 
causing you to miss out on the blessing that I personally have experienced. Last thought. Stand with me this morning. Stand up for me. We'll close in prayer with this. Um, We pay, you know, I, I want you to be wise. I want you to be faithful. I want you to be blessed. We pay taxes to a government we don't trust. We pay sales tax on every item we buy without knowing truly where the money goes. With poor service, we won't walk out of a restaurant without leaving at least a 10% tip. Yet every week, on average, in the church, and and I'm not speaking of just Renew Church, I'm talking about the Big C Church, on average, 88% of believers get up and they walk out of a service without even leaving God, God what he calls us to. 88%. They're missing out on the blessing of God. I want you to experience the blessing of God. Um, I think about this analogy. I think about this, this story. And, and the blessing of God is not always monetary. In fact, he gave me permission. He's the one that brought it up. He, he mentioned it to me when I, was, when I was getting ready to preach this morning. My brother Mikey... Your family, Mikey, many of you that were here, Mikey Bermudez, our youth pastor, he, uh, he got married a couple of years ago in Renew Church, part of Renew Church, and, and we've just seen him and Yandria grow as uh, amazing young couple and leaders in our community and just doing awesome things. They got married, I think, in 2019. 2019, right? Was unable to have a kids for a couple of years. And uh, 2021, last year, did a sermon series on financial stewardship, trusting God. And um, he testifies. He testifies that when he made the commitment to trust God with the tithe and to give God, God not only met his needs and provided for his family, but blessed him with a, a baby. Amen. They were unable to have a baby for two years. Amen. They were, they were un- unable to conceive. And God blessed them with this child, this child that we just dedicated to the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Come on, let's give God praise for that. So what if I would have not preached that last year? What if I would have not said that? Maybe you guys, many of the Bermudez, Sanchez families, wouldn't have been here today. Maybe... Maddie wouldn't be here today. But because of the faithfulness of Mikey and Yandria, and because of the favor of God, the blessing of God, and again, this is him, not me. I'm not saying this. I'm not just manipulating some statement. This is him. This is his testimony. You're even here today. I want something for you more than I want something from you. I want you to experience the blessing of God. And it, let, let's just move past money. Let's just be done with money. You've heard the message. You know the scripture and everything like that. But I want you to experience the blessing of God. And I want you to experience the, 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 the favor of God. But it, it starts with the grace of God. So here's the gospel. Here's the gospel. Every single one of us have sinned and fallen short. Every one of us. 
Like, it, let, me, let me clarify. You can't get the favor of God without the grace of God. So we're going to get in order. We're just ordering our steps. Every one of us had fallen short of the glory of God. All, for all have sinned and fallen short. That's what Romans 3. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. I want each and every one of you to experience that grace of God so that then you can experience the, the favor of God. If you've been living in a way that you're, you're just like, I'm my own God. I worship myself. Or, or I, I, you know, I pay homage to God. Maybe I'll, you know, soul of flex or do something like that. Like, uh, uh, we'll pray before we eat. Thanksgiving and Christmas and whatever it is. I believe in God. But you, God's not like on the throne of your life. If he's like, there's only one person. There's only one, like, here's your life. Here's your heart. There's only one throne. Can't be multiple thrones. There's only one throne. Who is it? And if it's anything but Jesus Christ, man, I, w I want you to, to say, Jesus, come take, take your rightful place in my life there's sin in your life the wages of sin is death but that verse says but the gift of God it's not you didn't earn it it's the gift given from God the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ because of nothing that you did but because of what Jesus did on this cross when Jesus died on the cross and he 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 saw humanity and their depravity and their brokenness he saw you and he saw your sin and he said just just give me your life. Just let me take it. Let me take the weight of your sin on me. I want you to experience that. Families, community, those that are visiting just for today, whatever it is, I want you to experience the grace of God so that you can then experience the favor of God. If you pray and you ask Jesus to come into your life to forgive you of your sins, man, he freely offers salvation to you so that you can experience eternity with him, abundant life with him. Amen. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? If that message, if that gospel message was for you, if you need forgiveness of sin, if you need life transformation, if, if that's for you, if, if somebody in the room, and I want to make sure that I can see it, I just need to make sure that, bring these lights up just a little bit so I can make sure I can see. If God's speaking to you, I'm not going to bring you to the front, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out, but if God's speaking to you today and you need to surrender your life and let Jesus be on the throne of your life, and you want to ask him to come in and forgive you of your sins and be your Lord and Savior, would you just, even right now, would you make that declaration? Would you just, just by a show of hand, just saying, uh, just lifting your hand, just say, Jesus, I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. Just lift your hand right where you're at right now. Don't worry about anybody else. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Come on, let's give God praise for what's happening. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? I won't wait long. Anybody else? It's a prayer that goes like this, and I'm going to ask this congregation, even the body of Christ, those that are followers of Jesus, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. As I pray it out loud, I want you to repeat it after me. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I, thank I thank you for sending your son Jesus, son Jesus to, die to die for me. I know that I'm a sinner, I know that, I'm a sinner that I've made mistakes, I've made mistakes 
Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Today, I declare you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, praise God. Let's give God praise for what he's doing. Man, I, I, am, I am so thankful that you came and that you listened to a hard word, a hard teaching. And then that you not only did that, but you experienced and listened to the gospel. I want that for every one of you. I want you to experience the grace of God, but not to stop there, but to experience the favor of God. If we can help you take next steps, that communication card is a great first start to, to say, you know what? What am I doing? How do I get involved in a small group? How do I get plugged into the life of this church? We want to help you grow in your relationship with God. Let's sing this closing song, and then we'll close out our service. Thank you. Your good and your love is great.
words to that song, if you do, let me hear you. You know, today's a special day when I'm not wearing a t-shirt at church. Thanks to my wife. I still got the hat on, though. I fought a little bit. I got the hat on. No, but you may be seated. Thank you all for joining us here at Renew Church. My name is Pastor Mikey. I just want to share some things that we've got going on here at church just to keep you in tune. Um, Today, actually, immediately after the service at around 1145 in the Connections Room, it's the building over to your right. We're having a, a growth track luncheon. Now, here's one of the cool things with this growth track luncheon. There's free food that's going to be there. <laughs> yeah. So talk about being shrewd. It's an opportunity to get some food. Wow, look at that. Put that on a shirt. No. Um, but Growth Track Luncheon, it's an opportunity to kind of see a little bit behind the scenes of Renew Church, get to know a little bit more of, of who we are, our mission, our vision, our values. Maybe there's some questions that you have about the church, but you don't typically have time to talk about that on a Sunday. Growth Track is the perfect opportunity to do that. Um, it just kind of lets everything out. And, and, and there's even a bit about that, that you get to learn a little bit more about yourself, see some of your gifts, your talents, your personality type. It's a really, really cool experience. If you've never gone through Growth Track, I highly encourage you to do it. 1145 in the Connections Room. It's the building uh, to your right. Now, Christmas season is coming up. Does anybody even care about, like, Thanksgiving anymore? Like, I go to Walmart, and everything is just, there's not even, there's not a pilgrim, there's not a turkey, there's just Christmas trees. And this is kind of a hot take, but I think it's way too early to start decorating for Christmas. But men, if your wife wants to set up for Christmas, set up for Christmas. Amen? All right. No, but Christmas season is upon us, and with that, our Christmas program is upon us. And so it's going to be an amazing thing. It's going to be our our big Christmas thing this season. We want to invite a ton of people, but we also want a lot of people to be a part of it. We need some help. We need um, people who want to be on on the stage, maybe acting or singing, or maybe you're creative and you want to help with stage design, or you want to help coordinate the show, or you just want to help out in any kind of way. We need your help to make it a reality. And if that's you, if you want to get plugged in and be a part of our Christmas program, we're meeting up here at November 16th at 7 p.m. You're going to get to see a glimpse of what the show is like. Maybe see, uh, man, what spot you can fill and how you can be a part of that. It's going to be an amazing experience. There's going to be cookies, hot cocoa, really cool time. And lastly, if you'd like to give to Renew Church, we just want to let you know that there's a few ways that you can do that. The first way to do that is in person via the envelope in the seat pocket in front of you, and you can drop it off in a bucket on your way out. The second way to do that is to do it online by visiting renew.miami forward slash giving and the third and final way to do that is to do it via text by texting give to 786-565-1165 would you pray with me god we thank you for this day god we thank you for your word we thank you for just the challenge that it presents to us god but also the blessing that it presents to us god and so i pray that you would bless the offering this morning god bless the tithe and pray that you would use it to continue to reach people god continue to to meet the needs of your community like the thanksgiving turkeys that we're giving out god that is possible because of tithes and offering from this church god so we thank you for the opportunity to be a blessing in our community and to our world we pray that you would continue to do it pray that you would bless these people god as they trust you and as they worship you in this way god be with us we love you it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. See you next Sunday.